Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The midterm elections are often thought of as a referendum, <clears throat> of course, on the current administration, their first year in office, in this case, the Biden administration, their one year in. And this year, many Republican candidates are hoping to take advantage of the president's very low approval ratings and some of the things that have stalled or failed in terms of the president's agenda. So it has been very much a this is what we are against campaign thus far. But are Republicans blowing the chance of actually winning the right way by making the upcoming election about being against President Biden and his agenda? Some people say when it comes to politics, whatever it takes to win is winning. I disagree. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Well, obviously, we spent a lot of time today talking about the president's first year in office, his uh, extended press conference from yesterday and all the fallout from a few gaffes, a few blunders and a few things that are yet to be explained. However... As we look at that, the one thing the president raised, which I actually think is an important point, was what is the vision? What are the Republicans for? We know they're against the president and the Democrats in Congress, but what are they actually for? And will this be just uh, an against campaign? Olivier Knox, in our uh, interview just before the top of the hour, uh, talked about Mitch McConnell, uh, that this is a strategy he has deployed in the past, 2010 uh, and uh, in other moments where it's just being against everything and not risking putting things out in front in terms of what you're for. So yesterday, after the president had actually called Republicans out saying, what are you for? What are we moving towards? Uh, there was a, a press conference yesterday and a reporter asked Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell what his agenda would be if Republicans take back control of Congress. Here's his response. That is a very good question. And I'll let you know when we take it back. Uh, In the meantime, what the election this fall is going to be about is about this administration and how it's doing on inflation, on border security, on foreign policy, on standing up to the Russians. This midterm election will be a report card on the performance of this entire Democratic government the president, the House, and the Senate. And in the course of the campaign, various Republican candidates will come out for what they will do, what they're for. That's always an important part of every election. But make no mistake about it, the election this fall is a referendum on this all-Democratic government. So as you listen to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, very clear that the minority leader uh, has his strategy in place. Uh, 
in a very coy way, his response uh, to the reporter's questioning about uh, what the agenda would be if Republicans take back Congress. Uh, He started with, very good question. I'll let you know when we take it back. And so that's a little coy, a little uh, jousting there with a reporter. That's fine. Uh, And then he went on to just articulate, obviously, the things that have gone wrong in the administration and that all of this uh, election in 2022 will be a referendum on President Biden, his agenda, and what his administration has and has not accomplished. And that's fair. Uh, That's fine. That's, That's part of the discussion, to be sure. But I think there's more, and there should be more. And sadly, as voters, we've been conditioned to accept less. We've been conditioned to accept all you have to do is be against something. And I just disagree with that. I think unless you're putting out a solid vision of what you're for, you're really not leading. You might win an election. That, that's an okay election strategy. That is not a leadership strategy. And it's interesting, if the Republicans were wise, they would actually look to Glenn Youngkin's campaign in Virginia, where he became governor of a state that had elected uh, Democrats for a long time. And you may remember, I spoke with Jeff Rowe, who was the strategist behind Glenn Youngkin's campaign, And we talked about why they were so successful. And I think if you're a Republican, you would hope that all the Republicans would take a listen to what the strategy was for the Glenn Youngkin campaign that won in a very Democratic state. Take a listen. It was very specific, very tailored. He has four years to get this done, and he wanted to give people a very specific agenda, not platitudes. Not puppies and rainbows. Not He's just like, if you don't like so-and-so, you're really not going to like him. We didn't do any Biden ads. We didn't even hardly talk about Biden in our speeches. Mm. We didn't say that we were like anybody else. We didn't say, if you love Ron DeSantis, you're going to love us. or If you love President Trump, you're going to love us. We This is Glenn Youngkin, and this is what he's going to do. And this is the value proposition. If you're a voter in the Commonwealth of Virginia, this is the value proposition for your vote. Yeah. And um, it, I think it resonated. And it resonated because our our opponent, of course, had none of that. It was all, you know, guilt by association. It's interesting, too. Yeah. And I, I, I don't mind a tough campaign, but a full three-fourths of Terry's ads were negative ads. Really? And five-sixths of our ads were positive. That's this amazing. was not a burn-the-house-down campaign. And, and at the end of the campaign— we had a 50% favorable and a 40% unfavorable rating. Kerry had a 40% favorable and a 45% unfavorable. That's fascinating. And it wasn't from our attacks. It was from him not telling people what he, why he wanted to be governor. Okay. There's so much to unpack in just that short click from, from Jeff Rowe. Uh, Jeff's a, a good friend and an amazing strategist and uh, really was the, the, the brains and uh, kind of the architect behind the Glenn Youngkin campaign. And, Listen to what he did. So he put conventional wisdom on its ear. He said, no, we're not going to make this about being against Terry McAuliffe, their opponent, their Democratic opponent and a longtime uh, national Democratic leader. Uh, They went positive. They went with a vision. They went with an agenda. This is this is the value proposition. And meanwhile, Terry McAuliffe ran a campaign not only against Glenn Youngkin, but against the former president. It was all against, as Jeff noted, three-fourths of the McCullough campaign's ads were negative. It was all about what they were against. 
five-sixths of all of the ads run by the Yunkin campaign were positive, forward-moving, not just platitudes, which is also important. This is not just, as Jeff said, this is not just about puppies and rainbows. This is about specific value proposition. This is what we are for. This is what we will deliver. And I think that is what is missing. And I think any politician, and of either party, by the way, if you want to take note of something to do, if you want to win an election in 2022, you ought to look at this radical idea of instead of doing the politics and what you're against and the mudslinging and the tearing down, the demonizing your opponent, weaponizing their words, doing all that, throw that out the window. That's an old playbook. And yes, it has worked, which makes it easier for politicians and political consultants to sell this is how you win. What if we tried leadership instead? I think trying leadership is the real key. Uh, And I think Martin Luther King Jr. said it best. He said, may I stress the need for a courageous, intelligent, and dedicated leadership. Leaders who somehow understand the issues. Leader of sound integrity. Leaders not in love with the publicity, but in love with justice. Leaders not in love with money, but in love with humanity. Leaders who can subject their particular egos to the greatness of the cause. God give us leaders. A time like this demands great souls and pure hearts and ready hands. Leaders whom the lust of office does not kill. Leaders whom the spoils of life cannot buy. Leaders who possess opinions and will. Leaders who will not lie. Leaders who can stand before the demagogue and damn his treacherous flatteries without winking. Tall leaders, sun-crowned, who live above the fog in public duty and private thinking. This is one of the great needs of the hour. I agree. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.